Hey Woodlawn family, we're so glad you're joining us today. I'm Katie Winton and I'm the Tech Director for Woodlawn. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. So whether you watch or listen online or join us at one of our campuses, we want you to know we consider you family. So if you'd like to know more about who we are at Woodlawn, visit woodlawnpcb.info. You can take message notes, give a gift, request prayer, and many other things all in one place. Before we get started, I want to give you a quick rundown of this week's message. As we continue our Advent series called Make Room, we'll look at ways to get rid of things that distract us. Our senior pastor, Joe Lay, is going to share with us, so let's get right to it. Now today I want to talk to you about distractions. Are y'all ever distracted? Things ever happen in your life? This time of the year, it's easy to be distracted, isn't it? My wife got distracted this past week. When I tell you what she did, you're going to say, you made that up. I, no, you can't make this up. I, I didn't come up with this on my own. She was driving to school. She's a school teacher. She was in a parking lot. She wasn't going very fast. She was going to Dunkin' Donuts to get some coffee. She decided that the safer way to go would be to go behind Publix instead of driving out in front where all the traffic is until she ran into a dumpster. She ran into a dumpster. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those big, big dumpsters. And, and if you didn't know, when you hit those, they don't move, okay? It's just like hitting a tank. And, and she called me and she said, I've, uh, the sun was in my eyes and I didn't realize it was there. I was distracted. And I hit a dumpster. And I said, you are going to be late to school today. And she said, I said, can you drive the car? She said, I don't know, but I will. And so she drove it back to the house and you really couldn't drive the car, but she did. And so we had to get the wrecker and take care of all that stuff. Now, I just hope that you don't have those kinds of distractions. She's fine, by the way, but her car's not. It's not doing real well, okay? So maybe you don't have those kinds of distractions. I hope not. But today, I want to talk about letting go of those distractions. Have you noticed this time of the year how hard it is to focus? You're trying to focus your attention on something. Like right now, I'm talking. Are you focused on me? Don't raise your hand and say, no, I'm not. No, that, that won't help me any at all. I, I saw some ladies at the last service, and they usually sit on the back row, and they're here every Sunday, and I speak to them every Sunday, and they take care of that back row. This Sunday, we got music. They're sitting about halfway up front now. I'm going, what is going on? I walked up there, and I said, I noticed when I preach, you're on the back row, but today it's music. You move about halfway up. They said, well, yeah, we want to hear. I said, well, you need to put more money in the plate for that power nap you're taking while I'm up there bumping my gums on Sunday morning then, okay? So anyway, I hope you're not too distracted today. You know, your mind can wander. Some of you are sitting there thinking, now what kind of, where are we going to go eat brunch after this? I don't like what that guy's wearing. His pants are too long. Things like that. You know, that's what kind of happens and you get distracted. But let me tell you, if you get distracted, how do you think it is for me? I mean, I have to look at y'all when I'm preaching, right? And some of y'all are talking to each other while I'm up here talking. I'm going, hey, I worked on this real hard, and you're off on some other tangent. Eating a bag of chips back there. The baby's crying. Things are just kind of distracting. People are snoring in the middle of my sermon. <laughs> 
Isn't that, do you ever wonder why I get louder sometimes than others? I'm trying to wake that poor guy up who's snoring. We had a guy do that the other day at 11 o'clock. He was back there and he was in the back of the church and he was snoring so loud. Literally, I almost started to hit the pulpit or something because people couldn't hear. <laughs> I don't know. He would say it was his medication, okay? I don't know. Maybe he had a dumpster that week too. So in letting go of distractions, the root word for distraction is derived from a Latin word formed in the 1590s, and it means pulling apart, separating, drawing of the mind into a different direction. Do you realize that the spiritual enemy that we face every day is trying to distract us from those things that are most important for him, the things that matter most? He's trying to pull us apart, divide our mind, discourage our soul, disengage our faith, and distract us from the things that matter the most. Now, the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. If he can distract you or neutralize you, or worse, you'll just end up destroying yourself. I want to set the tone for this message today with a powerful story. It's about Jesus, and it's about his love. In Luke, the 10th chapter, there are two sisters hosting Jesus at what appears to be some kind of dinner party. And in verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Um, as Jesus and his disciples, uh, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Uh, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Now, she was distracted. I don't blame her. I mean, think about it this way. Let's say you're having a dinner party, and who's coming? Somebody famous? Jesus, okay? And if Jesus is coming, do you want it to be nice? Yeah. And you want it to be just right. You want to put the casserole in at the right time. You want to get it out, and then you want to put in the dessert and get it going. You want to make sure that the tea glass is full all the time. You're taking care of the details, aren't you? Making sure that it's all going well. You want to be a great host or hostess. And I don't blame Martha for being distracted. Then she came upon him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work, she said. Now, I don't know about you, but in our family, every family has one. Y'all get together during the holidays with your extended family? Everybody has one. That's the lazy person in the family, okay? They never bring anything to eat except Tupperware, and it's empty. But then they take all the extra food back home when they leave. They don't help you clean up. They don't do anything. And if, you don't know, if you're sitting there thinking... Who is the lazy person in my family? There's a good chance it's you. You just don't know it, okay? And so that's what she's saying. You know, my sister's just sitting here talking to you, listening to you. I'm doing all the work and nothing's happening here. Martha gets a bad rap. I mean, I thank God for people like Martha because if we didn't have people like Martha, nobody would ever eat, would they? And nobody would ever get Christmas presents because nobody would ever wrap them. And nobody would ever pay the bills so you'd be in an empty house in the dark with no lights on because they didn't pay the power bill, right? And so Martha's the one who takes care of things. Starving to death in the cold, no Christmas presents if Mary's in charge. And then she says, tell her to help me. 
And then we see this expression of love by Jesus. Watch why Jesus loves Martha. The same way that he loves you, maybe. And you receive his love. Martha, Martha, he said. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Now, you could have said there are few things that are important, but few things that really matter is what he's saying. And then Jesus looks at Martha and says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, you've got a good heart. You've got good intentions. You're just a little distracted. Everybody can get distracted. Now, for example, you know what kind of distracts us a lot of times? You do too. It's your phone. That's what distracts you, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, look, my phone just dinged. Oh, look, I just got an email. Somebody just posted a cat video. Let's stop and watch that. We have to do Christmas shopping. And then our kids, we've got to take them to soccer, and one of them has to go to dance. And we've got to feed them something before we take them back home and put them to bed. And she's distracted. Martha, Martha, you're distracted. You're upset about so many things, he says, but few things really matter. Mary has chosen what's better. Now, I want you to notice Martha didn't do anything wrong, really. She wasn't doing something that was incorrect. What she was doing was something good. She just wasn't doing the best thing, he was saying. We have to recognize that so often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and best. When I first started in the ministry, I would serve small churches, and we didn't have a lot we had to get done. It was a small church. And so it was real easy for me to make decisions about what I would do. Well, this came up. I better take care of this. This is important. But as the churches have gotten larger over the years and the schedule has changed, now they're all important things. They're all on the same level, and you have to decide, well, here's a good thing, but here's a better thing. And so I have to determine, you know, which one of those things I'm going to do and you know who on the staff is going to cover that how are we going to make that happen at times that your enemy can make you bad if he can't do that he'll distract you away from the things that please God so there are three thoughts today I want to mention to us before we go first we need to diminish the distractions we need to diminish the distractions in our lives I want to distance myself from that which might tempt me to be distracted in fact, Paul, when he's talking about this, he's talking about relationships and marriage in 1 Corinthians. Perhaps it's a slightly different context there. He says, I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. In other words, I'm not telling you this to be legalistic. I'm telling you this for your own benefit. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Now, every force in hell wants you and me to be distracted from what is important to God. What's the most common distraction today? We said it. It's the phone. Did you know the average person can't go 10 minutes without checking their phone? That's true. And if you're younger than that, it's even more, it's even more um, often that you do that. If you wonder why you're not as productive and your relationships aren't what they need to be, if you're not as close to God as you once were, could it be that you're being interrupted all the time by technology? The average person spends two hours a day on social media. If you're younger, you'll spend over seven years of your life scrolling and tapping, scrolling and tapping. Seven years, you know, that, that's important. It's not the best use of our time. 
Listen, life is too valuable. God created us. He gave us passion and gifts and callings, and there are things he wants to work through us to bless others. Martha, Martha, you're so worried, but few of those things really matter, he says. So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to diminish, diminish distractions to treat everyone so that we're not distracted, like the temptation of sin. You see, sin can be a temptation that distracts us as well. I like what Solomon says in Proverbs. He says, he's talking about an immoral woman, and he says, stay away from her. Don't go near to the door of her house. He's saying, hey, that's not just a distraction. That's a sin. Stay away from it, okay? Don't get too close to that which would destroy you. For some, it might be our phones. You know, some need to delete the distracting apps. If social media has become an idol to you and you can't go too long without checking it, maybe you're going to give up seven years of your life. Some of you, it might be people. You know, some folks are so focused on what they're doing and production and work and what they've got to get accomplished. How many of you are list people? You make a list. And then you go down that list. I do that. I'm guilty of that. I make a list. And I go down through there and I check it off. And I like to be able to check it all off at the end of the day. Sometimes, though, God interrupts my list. And he gives me a divine appointment. And he says, okay, you're going to have to stop and put that aside. And you're going to have to go do this right now. And I said, but Lord, I've got this list. I need to check it off. He said, yeah, I'm not worried about your list. You know, Joe, Joe, you're, you know, you're distracted. You're, you're caught up in things that aren't important. You know, focus on what I want you to do right now. And it always works out that way. Now, Scripture says this, bad friends corrupt good character. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So you can't live the right life when you're always with the wrong friends. Some of you today are dating a distraction. How about that? Did you know that? Did you know you could be dating a distraction, distracting you from Jesus, leading you into sin, not trusting and treating you with respect and honor? Press the lead on that boyfriend. Kick him to the curb and let God upgrade him for you. Our daughter called us this week. She said, it's time for me to get a new phone. We said, oh, how do you know that? She said, because they came out with a new one and it's got new stuff. And so it's time for me to get a new phone. Now, the same goes if you've got a girl that's not pleasing God, you need to distance yourself. And it's a fight to diminish the distractions. Now, the second thing is focus on the important. I love the words of Solomon in Proverbs. He says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. The author of Hebrews says it this way. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now, Peter learned about that. You remember when Jesus came to the disciples walking on the water and Peter was in the boat and he said, hey, Jesus, is that you? And Jesus said, it's me. He said, well, can I come out there to you? And Jesus said, come on. And Peter got out of the boat and we give Peter a hard time, but after all, he's the only disciple who ever did this. He got out of the boat and what did he do? He started walking on the water and he was just looking at Jesus and he was celebrating and he was getting close to him. And then all of a sudden this big wind came up and the waves got greater and it distracted him. And he looked away from Jesus. He looked at the wind and the waves around him. And then he got scared and he started to sink. And Jesus just reached out and pulled him back up, right? Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you are starting to sink today? 
How many of you are so distracted by what's going on? Right now, you just don't have enough time. Right now, there's so many things going on, you feel overwhelmed. You feel like you're behind. You feel like you're less than. You believe that there's something more, but you just don't know what it is. Why is it that you're sinking all the time? Could it be that you're looking at the wind and the waves instead of being focused on Jesus? Could it be that you've been distracted in this life? The only way that we can truly serve God is to seek Him first. In fact, it says that in Matthew, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And that's why the first thing in the morning, it's not Instagram. It's Jesus. We make him first. The first day of the week, we come together. We worship God in church. Then anytime God blesses us with any kind of an increase, the first 10% that he gives to us, we give back to him. And then the first of the year, we fast and we say, now God, what do you want to teach me this year? What's my word for the year? I want to grow closer to you. First, I seek him. You never will wander into righteousness by accident. You never will stumble into effectiveness. You will never fall into bringing glory to God. You have to work at it. How do you do it? With fixed purpose. You've got a purpose in mind, and you're not going to miss it. It's the end of the year. God has blessed us. Why don't we give a, a tremendous end-of-the-year offering? Or maybe I've gone out to eat. Laura and I went out to eat the other night. We had a gift certificate. We ran down to Longhorn, and we ate. We felt like... We were really, really old. We got there really, really early. I mean, it wasn't even 5 o'clock yet. It was not hard to get a parking place. It wasn't hard to find a place to sit. We just kind of went straight there after she got out of school, and, and we stopped off and got that rental car. But I digress, okay? I don't want to be distracted. And so we went in there, and we ate, and we met a young woman there, and her name was Brooke, and we got to talking to her and found out that Brooke was a single mom, and Brooke has one child. And I said, how old is your child and she said nine I said nine you're not much older than nine yourself how can you have a nine-year-old she laughed she said I'm almost 30 and I said well you have never been notified of your age Brooke you're doing a good job and I thought here she is a single mom and then she told me where she lives and she told me she had two jobs and I mean this girl lives in Mossy Head okay and at night she works at Longhorn during the day she works in Crestview go ahead and figure that up right there I mean I went home just thank the Lord I wasn't as busy as she is so I gave her a little extra that night because I thought possibly she could use it you know so that's what you do you go and you look at somebody else and you just give them an irrationally large tip what do you do well I'm defining my life when I do that I'm symbolizing something it's reminding me what really matters we break through the routine and we invest in some relationships what we say is that people are more important than production now, I got to tell you, that's hard for me sometimes because, like I say, I've got that list. I'm working on things, but sometimes God just slows me down, so I'll take a moment and talk to somebody. Another thing that's meaningful is conversations. One of the things I love about our staff is we like each other. You know our staff? Our staff has a good time. I mean, if you want to have a good time, just come to our offices. These folks like each other. They're having a good time. Some of them are very socially oriented, okay? You can tell when they're 
they're there and when they're not there, okay? Because when they're there, everybody's having a party in their office. And when they're not there, it's kind of quiet and everybody's just kind of working, right? But it takes all kinds. We balance each other out with that kind of thing. And I'm just grateful. Next th Sunday night, we'll have a staff Christmas party and we'll have a good time. We did that last year and it'll be a lot of fun. Now, Martha, can you feel how much I love you is what he's saying. I want you to understand that what I'm telling you, I'm telling you for your own good. I want to, you to distance yourself from distractions. Now, the last thing, listen to the voice of God. The imagery there is from Isaiah. And it says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn right or when you turn left. Almost as if the Holy Spirit is whispering in our ears. And that happens, doesn't it? And it just says, let's go this way. Let's don't walk that way. You see, when we seek God first, if we listen, we'll hear. Now, listen, I talk to people all the time, and they say, well, you know, I've never really heard from God. Okay, I want you to pay attention now. Okay, quit thinking about where you're going to brunch and listen to me right now. Okay, what I want you to hear me say is this. If you want to hear from God, I got a way for you to do it. You just try this. Open up his word. You go home today and you open up his word and you just start reading. Maybe, I, you know, I have specific things I read in my devotional time. And so it tells me what to read for the day. And I do that with other books. And as I'm doing that, you know, God often, often will speak to me during those times. It's the, a thought will come into my mind that I believe comes from the throne. And I go, oh, that's good. I better write that down. That, that's powerful. I need to pay attention to that. I need to listen. If you want to hear from God, then open the Bible and read it and just see what he has to say to you he'll speak to you through his word he'll speak to you through his still small voice sometimes God will speak to you through other people people will just come up and say something to you and it's just very appropriate and timely and you just know and you go I believe that was from God it might, through, might be through a message, believe it or not. God might speak to you when the preacher's preaching on Sunday morning. It might be through a song like it was at 8.30 and it will be at 11 or maybe it was today for you in this service. And it might even be through circumstances. I was talking to somebody this week and they were telling me about their circumstances and they weren't good. And they said, you know, I just always ask God, now God, what do you want to teach me when these things happen? When I've got circumstances like this, what is it you want to teach me? I didn't really want to go through this, but I'm going through it. So what do you want me to learn? Take a moment and listen and pray and stop what you're doing and just say, people are going to take priority over production. You can make a difference in the world. You're too valuable. Your calling is too great. God is too good for you to be distracted all the time. Listen to his voice. He'll redirect you. He'll show you the way to walk. Now, let me wrap this up and just tell you something. In 1999, Laura and I built our first house, and we were so excited. We had always lived in parsonages, and we'd never uh, had our own home. And so we got to buy or our, build our own home. And it was just right for us. Elizabeth and Catherine, our girls, and then Laura's mother came to live with us, Dorothy. And so everybody had their own space. And we even had room for family coming down from Tennessee. It was great. But then I noticed that, that I really wanted to keep everything, you know, kind of fixed and clean and in and, and, and good shape. And so I started going after everything and, and watching and looking and kind of following along behind people. And I would kind of have to touch this up and clean that up and paint this and do this and that. And it was just a constant job. I was always working on it. 
Well, one day I was in the girls' bathroom. They had a bathroom they shared between their bedroom. And we had these little Disney towels out. I mean, it was just all so-so, right? And I, I was trying to teach them, use these other towels. Those are just for show, company, whatever. Don't use these. And Elizabeth looked at me, and they weren't this old. And Elizabeth looked at me, the older one, and she said, Well, Daddy, are those towels more important than we are? thought, man, I'm going to let her preach on Sunday. That's pretty good. And I got to thinking to myself, and I thought, well, you know, you're right. You know, we, we went and visited some friends while we still had little kids, and the father that we visited, his kids were grown. He said, I forgot how sticky everything is. You know, little hands are sticky, and they make a sticky mess everywhere, don't they? But you know what? I realized that day that someday my girls were going to grow up. And they were going to leave home, and there wouldn't be any sticky messes anymore. Wouldn't be anything to go behind it. And, you know, I miss them now. They're gone, and I don't get to see them as much. But fortunately, we have a three-year-old granddaughter, and she comes, and she brings her sticky hands, and she just messes up everything. And I've learned how to celebrate it now. I just go with the flow and have a good time because Collins is there, and we're going to have a good time together, right? You know, sometimes you got to put people over production. Joe, Joe, you're just so distracted by things that really don't matter. You know, you have to make a choice, don't you? During this holiday season, during this time when we're doing shopping, many online, but some people actually will go to stores this year, there's a lot of things going on. But, but you have to realize our lives are valuable, our calling is special, our God is good. So why would we waste our lives on things that don't last? Let us pray. Oh God, I pray that we might focus on you, on who you are, and on what you want to do in us, what you want to do through us. Lord, don't let us be distracted by the things that don't matter. I pray in your son's name. Amen. Man, that message really hit home for me. There are so many things that the devil would love to use to distract us from the most important thing, our relationship with God. This week, if we can be praying for you or help you in any way, please visit woodlawnpcb.info to connect with us. We'll see you next week.